From Hong Kong, Chicago, and the city of Stoke-on-Trent, this is the Classic Lenses Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 143. My name is Simon Forster, and I'm almost joined by Johnny Sisson, more on that later, and Perry G. Hello, Perry. Hello. Um, As you can tell, Johnny's not quite here at the moment, and we're not 100% sure if he's going to join us or not. Johnny's not been feeling too well, so he says he's going to try and join us if he can. So uh, uh, if if a door breaks down and Johnny Johnny um, walks in, um, that will be the reason why. So fingers crossed uh, Johnny will be, be with us. Um, but although we don't have Johnny with us at this moment, we do have a guest, and it's a returning guest, and it's a special returning guest. Um, so special... Um, we have sent our guest, or we're about to send our guest, to a desert island. Um, and that guest is Isabel Curdes. Hello, Isabel. Hello. I'm glad to be back, although um, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're certainly in a, in, a, in, a, in a case now where, where it would be great if we could actually show people what you know, the views that we actually currently have at the moment, because we, we can see each other. Um, but... Isabel is on a beach with a beautiful blue sky uh, behind her. So, you know, she's, she's really got into character here. So um, really, really gone the extra mile. Um, so well, well done there, Isabel. And uh, did, I, did I say your name? I, I, I struggle with your surname. What's, what is the correct way of saying your surname? Cordes. Cordes. You make it sound easier than I can't say it. Yes. Yeah. I've been saying it for a while. Yes, so. exactly. You're used to it. Yeah. I've practiced. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's 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 great to have you here. Um, and you were last with us in episode seventy-seven, um, which was best part of two years ago. It's not quite two years, um, but it wasn't that that far off. Um, and that was back in July twenty nineteen, and um, and yeah, that was a great year for guests, but. I was going to say um, you were one of the most memorable guests uh, that we had on in 2019 without any shadow of a doubt. So it's absolutely brilliant to have you back. If anybody has not heard episode 77 with, with Isabel, you must go and listen to it because if you're interested in lenses, it is, is just an absolutely incredible one. And if you do um, have uh, Isabel's Instagram account, uh, tuned up so you have to go back in time a fair bit to actually see some of the photographs we were discussing but they're absolutely well worth watching because looking at again because they were just stunning absolutely stunning photographs and they were done in such a way that the lenses played a big part in how those photographs look and that's why we love isabel thank you <laughs> so it's been, as I say, not, it's not really nearly two years, but it's certainly well over 18 months. So what have you been up to since you were last with us? Yeah, that's exactly the problem. What has anyone been up to for at least one year? Not much, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually can't remember what I did before that. I remember that I started painting, which I still do quite a bit. So whenever someone checks out my Instagram, they will also see some of my paintings. And um, apart from that, I think my real uh, photography started only again a few months ago. I thought somewhere in the middle of 2020 when um, everyone was in lockdown and I felt the lockdown pretty much. So I started a project to document my way of lockdown. 
So um, that's pretty much what I've been up to. It's a project uh, called, and now Perry probably have, now it's Japanese. So uh, it's called Yugen. It's um, yeah, a Japanese um, word for something that is um, is very simple, very um, ephemeral in a way. And um, I took all the shots within walking distance from my home so far. And the project is ongoing. And um, again, lenses play a special role in that one. But more about those lenses in a well, bit. <laughs> well, the, 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 the project, I mean, if I go, go to your Instagram feed um, mm -hmm. and, and look at the actual, you know, some, there's, there's a, a, a body of work there at the moment. And it, it's yeah. uh, um, abstracts and close-ups. Um, and tiny parts of the images in, in focus, but what's in focus is is the reason why that part is in focus, and so on. Is is that part of the project you're talking about? Yes, yes, yeah. that is basically the largest large part of a body of the project, but it's still ongoing, and there will be more of that type of photography. So it's really it's basically close-ups um, down to macro, um, yeah, and they're all done without processing again. There is no or hardly any. Maybe I did some white balance adjustments, mm -hmm. um, but that's probably, yeah, or set the white point differently, but that's pretty much it. Everything else is just straight out of camera. Yeah. So the lenses, again, play a big role. Yeah, and that's the that's the project. Are these, these primarily on your Fuji GFX as well, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. They all are. Yeah. No, so not just primarily, but all of them are. Um, I'm I'm slightly slightly hesitant to ask you about the lenses that you used here for what we're actually <laughs> going to be talking about later. So I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that. But uh, exactly. Yeah, but it, but uh, again, um, you're well for people listening. Um, if you have the opportunity, um, head over to Isabel's Instagram feed, and you can find it very easily because it's Isabel Curdes, and uh, that word that's her name that I can't uh, pronounce properly is. C U R D E S. So it's Isabel dot Curdes um, on the Instagram. So it's a really easy one to find it. And it's just beautiful. I mean, I mean, this is what happened last time, actually. I think we just fell in love with your Instagram feed and then just spent half the show going, oh, wow, look at that photo. What lens did you use for that? So, um, yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, shall we, shall we head on to the main reason for doing this show, Perry, or is there anything you might wish to add into what I'm just saying? Uh, no, that sounds good. I um, Give me one second. My cat is just like <laughs> trying to do crazy things to my legs, so I'm going to put her in another room, and then we'll come back and do this. <laughs> That's why, I mean, we all have our cameras on, and you probably noticed I've been like looking down as Isabel has been talking for the last little bit, and uh, yeah, it's... I was going to say, that's the thing. I haven't actually been looking at you um, because I've just been just stuck on in Is Isabel's Instagram feed again, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's something, it's a good place to be. Um, let's just take a, a, a little break there. I'll just take yes. a, uh, oh. Oh, one cat. Okay, sorry about that. I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. All right, sorry about that. <laughs> normally, normally she just sleeps on the floor, but uh, this time she we started and then she heard me talking and she's like, what you doing? What you doing? What's he doing? Can I do it? Can I? Can she I do this? Probably too? noticed that I have a dog here. <laughs> I don't think she would see that. Yeah. Oh man! 
Cats can sense that. <laughs> so, 22, <clears throat> Okay, so the main event um, we're going to do for the first time in ages. Um, we're going to do Desert Island Lenses. Now, last year, the last time that we did this, um, it was with somebody that wasn't with us, and we we did it posthumously for for Carl. Um, and it's not far off twelve months uh, since Carl. Sorry two years two years since uh uh carl left us so um but the last time we actually did uh a design lenses it was with cheyenne morrison um mm-hmm. and uh so it's uh it's 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 great to be able to uh kick this off again uh this year because like i say we didn't do one with a with the guest that was with us last year at all and it's um, i'm delighted to have isabel here uh, to do this so before we get into it i will just um, read through the, uh, the the script i wrote that i usually struggle with uh, but i'm going to still give it give it a go anyway because i'm actually i've just put this into comic sans which apparently for dyslexic people it makes it easier to read so uh, this is a, a social experiment right in front of us right now um, but this is what i sent to uh, to, to isabel and uh, i already know she's going to try and bend the rules um but, <laughs> Um, of but, course, <laughs> yeah, just like just like Perry did, and I think just about everybody bends the rules. So um, that, that's 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 fine. Okay. So then, Isabel, your ship, the SS Tessar, has sank, and now I've already gone wrong in the first one. Your ship, the SS Tessar, has capsized and sank after encountering a freak wave and lies at the bottom of the sea. Um, you have been washed ashore on an amazing island uh, with just about every photographic opportunity, including people shots, available to you. The island has a fully equipped powered dark cave and a solar powered computer uh, running uh, running your preferred processing software or selection and has a selection of lens adapters. Um, a trunk is washed up, washed ashore and it contains two camera bodies. Your choice, whether that be digital or analog or both. Uh, along with three lenses that you have picked from your collection. You must own these three lenses. Um, so th- the question is going to be, what are the three lenses that you would have want to have with you and why? And uh, and if you're able to have a free choice of one more lens, what would it be? And obviously we'll do that, that free choice one uh, uh, at the end. So um, I think we should start off with cameras first. So, um, tell us about the cameras that you've brought with us, with you. Um, definitely my current one, my Fuji GFX 50R, because, um, yeah, basically because I can use nearly all lenses on that one. It, it's amazing. Um, due to it being mirrorless, um, it has this nice uh, distance so that whatever kind can be 35 millimeter lenses, can be medium format lenses, it can be large format lenses. I can get them all onto it. <laughs> and I love the sensor. Yeah. I've been working with that sensor for a long time, also when I had the Hasselblad. Um, so um, I'm used to that sensor. I like how it renders things. Yeah. So 50 GFX, Fuji GFX 50R is my camera of choice. So that's that's a camera that it's a Fuji camera that's got a shutter speed dial on on there. Is that, is that right? Is it is one with a shutter speed dial? Yep. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Do you, do, you, <laughs> do, you, do you do you find that shutter that shutter speed dial is of any use to you whatsoever? I'm just curious. Yes, I use it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Simon is the only person on the planet 
who doesn't like the shutter speed dial. We've had this argument <laughs> hundreds of times where, yeah. you know, it's, it's a wonderful piece of design, but uh, yes, no, Simon likes, uh, Mr. Forster here likes unlabeled um, <laughs> dials that, that don't show you what you're doing. No, I like it because also because it reminds me of my film cameras. It's just nice. I like a yep. shadow speed dial. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll move on from that. Yes. Okay. Um, we move on now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's on. It, it's it's quite interesting. There's, there's uh, the the Fuji GFX seems to be gaining a bit of popularity uh, recently. We've got uh, in our Facebook group. We've got Lawrence Dunn, um, who's um, loving. Is uh, I think has he got the? I'm not sure if he's got the same one as you. Actually, I think he may may have, and uh, mm-hmm. and also uh, Nick Lyle of the uh, mm-hmm. Homemade Camera Podcast has just bought one, um, and he's doing lots of weird and wacky things with with with, with his. Um, and uh, I was I was listening to him actually on the, on on his his podcast, Homemade Camera Podcast, the other day, and and he described it as being like a full frame sensor. But with a bit stuck on the top and the bottom to square it up. I mean, is, is that is yeah. that a, a reasonable way of putting it? Yeah, yeah. And I think I, that's probably why I like it so much. <laughs> yeah. And it it gives me the best opportunity to have square shots because I have all the extra pixel I need. Yeah. So um, and I love square. Still do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't get away from square. Right, because the native aspect ratio is um is not three to it's, two, right? Yeah, I think it's four four three, isn't it? I think is it it's, three three four? Isn't it two three? No, it's definitely three three. I I cropped them anyway. So. Well, yeah, that that that's it. I mean, and and there is that expand mode on there as well, isn't there? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. sixty five yeah. to twenty four. It's um, yep, you can have it all. Yeah. I usually use uh, square, as a, most of the time I use square and, funny enough, 5 by 7 Yeah. Yeah. Are you using, are you using 5 7 if you, if you, it's more of a landscape format? I'm just, just curious, actually. I, do, I, I use it um, actually for, um, for, what is it, Hochkant? Um, portrait. Not landscape. But yeah, por- portrait, yeah. Portrait, exactly, portrait yeah. format. I don't do portraits, so I don't think of the yeah. name portrait format. Yeah. yeah, that's why I like it. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing, but it just feels very natural, five by seven. Okay, maybe so, it's because I always wanted a five by seven camera. Also, that's the only thing I haven't tried. Yeah, they're huge. Though. <laughs> that's that's the problem with them. They're absolutely massive. I've 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 got yeah. a a Kodak half plate camera, which I've now discovered that that um, half plate. Um, film holders are the same size as seven by five or five by seven film holders. Mm. So, so I could, although the actual half plate is actually slightly smaller than uh, five by seven. um, So if I was to, I think if I was to put seven by five film in there, um, I would end up with with, cropping the edges of the photograph, but it's so little. The difference is it's very, very close. So, uh, so yeah, I do, do fancy doing that, but I don't actually have a, a film holder of my own uh, to go in there so uh, i'm a bit stuffed on that um, um isabel how are you finding the experience because you mentioned you know lenses of all formats how, how are you finding the experience of using large format lenses on that thing 
Yeah, I remember that last time I said that um, I didn't really like um, the, the large format ones uh, adapted, but I've changed my mind. I've adapted ah, okay. one. <laughs> and it works nicely. <laughs> We'll, 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 I'll show you. Will we be talking about it? That, that's, um... We'll be talking about it. If you, and oh, okay. for anyone who wants to see a picture later, um, they, those guys can take a screenshot so you can actually see it. <laughs> I have it nice. with me. All right, good stuff. <laughs> okay, so, so that's camera number one. And uh, yes. what's camera number two? Yeah, camera number two is a bit tricky. Um, I, I've thought about it really a long time. Um, I would love to have taken the Hasselblad flex body, but I don't own a Hasselblad lens anymore. Mm. And adapting something to a Hasselblad body is not yeah. that easy as adapting it to a Fuji GFX body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, although the, the Hasselblad uh, flex body, <laughs> although the Hasselblad flex body is still one of my all-time favorite cameras, I didn't pick it. Instead, I go with the speed graphic. Four by five. Ah, oh. nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because all the adapters are on the island, I have, of course, a um, roll film adapter, and I have, of course, my normal four by five film, and I have, of course, a digital bag adapter with a digital bag attached to it. So it, uh, that wouldn't be bending the rules, would it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but you've 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 really quite surprised me there, um, because when when you've when you first uh, became known to me, um, and I th yeah. think the first time I, ever, I, I heard you was actually on the Sunday Sixteen podcast, and you were very much a large format photographer back in the day, yeah. And uh, and then by the time um, we we got to uh, speaking, because I, I initially had lined you up to do uh, the other podcast that I'm involved with, the the large format photography podcast, and then you went onto Twitter and I like, saying I've had enough of film. <laughs> and I'm just going over to, over to digital completely, and and you got rid of um, the majority of your your analog e equipment, um, yeah, including including large format, and mm -hmm. um, and now you've you would actually bring a large format camera to the island. So does that mean you're you're sort of getting a little bit more of an interest in in large format again? Is is that what? Behind. I, I think I've never lost the interest in large format. I really love large format. It's just for the majority of the things that I do, it just doesn't make sense. It's not flexible enough. It's not. Uh, I like to do my things handhold. Yeah. And um, right. the only large format camera, as there are now a few where you could probably do that. There's also a chroma camera where you could probably use it handhold. Um, and the speed graphic is the only other one. But it's still cumbersome it's awkward it's not uh, yeah. natural so yeah. um that was one of the reasons why i went away from large format but the image quality and the lenses you can use that's still uh yeah i love them and yeah. uh, to see a large format lens on a four by five film is still it, it still gives you that little extra than seeing it on a digital sensor even if it's a nice sensor like the fuji one has it's uh, yeah. there's still a little bit extra seeing it on film not using a lot extra, arguably. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> a lot of space and also a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of character. Yeah. When you then use some, what I love to use some um, slide film, uh, it's just it's just special. Yeah, right. Plus, so, if you're yes. stuck on an island, you've got you've got all the time in the world. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. So it would have to be a speed graphic. Okay, uh, just just for the. Um, 
some of the listeners that, that might not understand the significance of a speed graphic as well um, and where that fits in with uh, different lenses. Uh, yeah, most large format cameras use uh, lenses that have a shutter built into the lens, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually the reason why adapting things to a Hasselblad is a bit of a pain because um, most most of the Hasselblads, the older Hasselblads, uh, not all but most, um, need to have leaf shutters built into the lenses because the camera itself does not have a shutter uh, whereas a speed graphic it does it has a massive shutter uh, at, the ba- at the back of it, a focal plane shutter uh, cloth focal plane shutter which is works in the same principle as a regular SLR camera and so on um, so yeah that's, that's quite interesting because you, you can then start using things like aero ectars or um, pro- yes. very large, <laughs> large projection lenses and, uh, mm-hmm. and things like that which is where my interest is in in, in that kind of thing yeah. at the moment. So, uh, okay, so we've got two pretty different cameras there, different technologies, and uh, opens up lots of uh, different ways of taking photographs. So um, what would be your first lens? The first lens is actually on my camera at the moment on my Fuji. It's the Mamiya Secor C 80mm 1.9. Ooh! <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. On. Yes, and it works wonderfully. It works beautifully on the Fuji GFX. It's um, it's as if it was made for it. All right. So tell tell us about <laughs> this lens. I, I have this lens, just full disclosure, but I, I'm gonna hold my tongue right now. Um, tell us about this lens and your, your experience shooting it. That, that, I'm surprised. I I don't know why I'm surprised because it's an awesome <laughs> lens, but I'm like sort of kind of delighted at this uh, surprise <laughs> first choice. Yeah, no, it, it's a lovely lens. I like, of course, the speed. I like the super shallow depth of field I can get. And um, since it will be my widest lens choice, I also like that it's still, I can't call it wide, but it's at least slightly wider than the other ones I come up with. <laughs> so I can do um, landscape and I can get pretty close. What I like about it is also that it uh, focuses on 70 centimeter. I think it's yeah, all, the, all down to 70 centimeters, so I can get nice headshots, I can get uh, full body shots if I wanted to take portraits, but um, the same way I can use it also for close-ups. And all the accessories are on the island, so I have a bunch of extension tubes waiting for me <laughs> to get yeah. even closer. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a lovely I, lens. That, I think that lens is the fastest medium format SLR lens ever made, if I'm not mistaken like conventional yes it is yeah and considering that it was the standard on the on the uh mamiya camera it's actually quite interesting so you get them also for really good prices they are not out of the range expensive so i I think it's really it's a lovely lens it's light it's small as a considering medium format lenses Um, it's it works perfectly balanced on a i'm holding it now for the guys on the camera (laughs) It works really nice with a good adapter, working nicely. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the um, the the two eighty millimeters that are you know commonly seen on the Mamiya's are that one and the f two point eight, and um, there's a there's a lot of kind of back and forth about which the better choice is. But uh, I'm I, I'm and I'm you know it's nice that Johnny isn't here for this part because I think Simon <laughs> and I will both agree that like choosing the faster lens here is 
the superior choice. Always. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can get this beautiful shallow depth of field. And although I know there are discussions, some people like the bokeh of the Mamiya, others don't. It's like with all lenses, basically. I think when you when you pick the right background, it's a lovely bokeh. It mm. has a really nice rendering for the out-of-focus areas. And um, when I get it focused, and I can do that nicely with a, with a focus peaking on the Fuji, works like a blast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that lens is phenomenal. Um, I mean, I, I shoot it on my Mamiya 645. And uh, it's it's one of the few lenses that I'll, I'll grab sort of automatically if I'm shooting medium format with Cinestill at night, um, yeah. just because it's, it's nice. fast enough. But I I mean a lot of a, lo a lot of lenses that are that fast, especially on medium format, can be a little bit iffy um, if you're going to shoot them wide open. But I mean it's it's stunning wide open, and I think it just has a you know it's yeah. it's got kind of a modern look, right? But not too modern. Um, yeah. It's it's such a good lens. That's that's yeah. an awesome choice. I agree. <laughs> and it can do everything. I, I like that you can really use it from portrait. You could probably also do street photography um, down to, uh, yeah, my kind of landscape shots, intimate landscapes. So quite a few of the pictures on my stream at the moment are also taken with that lens. Nice. Simon, have you ever used that lens? I, I haven't. I haven't used any of the um, Mamiya um 645 lenses um but the, it's but they, I, I find them quite an interesting range of lenses because when you see them they just they, they look they look like just normal lenses they don't look like medium yep. format lenses do they yeah so um so they, they have a really nice size yeah 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 the only thing that gives them away when you adapt it is just the size of the adapter isn't it really <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah. But it's actually quite funny because um, I was debating between that one and um, a Rocco lens actually the uh what is it 58 millimeter 1.2 mm -hmm. um as my first choice and um i actually weighed them and the rocco lens is heavier than mm. the mamiya oh. lens <laughs> all right and uh, so i thought okay for well, just taking it with me putting it in a bag having it all around me all the time the, the mamiya is definitely also weight wise the the better choice even with the adapter attached it was uh it was uh lighter uh than the than the 35 millimeter rocco lens yeah yeah that, that, that rocco lens seems like a classic on the the gfx now at this point you yeah know, it's one of one of the first lenses that people kind of gravitate to on that system because it, it covers it so well and it's just such a cool but, look. which is why i'm going to sell it which i'm You can't, you can't possibly have no lens that other people are using, so no. no, no. <laughs> it's not possible. No. But Perry uses the Marmia and likes it, so that's good. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I adore it, yeah. And, and you're right. Yeah. You know, the, other, the other thing with it is, I mean, the focus ring is wonderful. Right? Yeah. It's, the, the handling is very, very nice. But um, I'm always surprised because sometimes, like, when I look at my medium format SLRs, they all kind of look the same. But then when I pick them up, it's it's significantly, as you say, smaller and lighter than yeah. I mean, definitely the Pentax 6.7. But even compared to a Hasselblad, uh, yeah. it's just it's it'll slide into a bag in a way that um, some it's, of the larger beefier yeah. offerings just won't. Yeah, it's a good choice. But it really looks like it's made for the Fuji. Um, I'm I was really surprised when I put it on. And the other nice thing about this one is also um, it I use it with a handmade or homemade uh, tilt adapter thingy mm. so just a rubber hose and yeah. i have the, just the right distance and i can do freelancing or kind of freelancing yeah. it's not 
fixed yeah. attached, but uh, still. Yeah. Uh, so and that also it does it beautifully. So it's really versatile and it's light enough that you can still hold it free and it's just a super lens. I think that's just worth touching on because, this, you know, again, going back to your Instagram feed and certainly one of the things I can remember when when we had you on before is your use of tilt was, yeah. uh, you know, it played a big part and it looks like it's still playing a big part in your photography now. It's actually none of those are made with tilt. Oh, okay. They are really just done with um, focusing or unfocusing, defocusing, yeah. whichever you, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think at least that none of them is. There may be one, but uh, not more than that. Yeah. But again, in in for digital, it's something that you de- you tend not to see t- much much tilt photography. Um, no. And uh, yeah, I think it's great that that's something that you're that you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, th- there will be more of that again. Good. But more of that later. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's uh let's let's move on to lens number 2. Lens number 2 is actually um not so different from lens number 1. It would be the Pentax 105 mm-hmm. 2 mm mm-hmm. So um fantastic. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um and I've been I've done loads of shootouts between those two lenses, the Marmia and the Pentax, because I thought, okay, j- just it's not that much difference in focal length when you just look at the numbers. It's not that much difference in aperture, and still, they're two different lenses. They render things differently. It's, um, it's just I-, I couldn't decide which one to keep or not to keep, so they both had to come with me to the desert island. Yeah, I think that when you say there's not that much of a difference in focal length, there is though. You know that 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 is yeah. you know twenty twenty five millimeters, and when you actually put that onto a larger format as well, then it, it exacerbates uh, the the difference um, because yeah, you know, yeah it's, it's at least enough difference to keep both of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but the other thing, Simon is. Um, you know, on a fixed format like a GFX, the, the difference will be pronounced, right? But if you use them on their native formats, uh, if you if you put the 105 2.4 and the 81.9 yeah. on Pentax 6.7, 6.7 versus 6.45, yeah. uh, the, end, the, the end result kind of on paper is kind of similar. Yeah. Um, but they are, again, you know, very different looking lenses. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's, uh, so I think that the Pentax is is such a beautiful lens when when you look at how it how it renders things the smoothness of it in the, mm-hmm. the 3d effect that you get yeah um i don't get that with any other lens to that extent the mamiya also does a good job but the, the pentax is just in another league there so yeah. Yeah. so so i have that lens too um <laughs> and, <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing is like you you literally just named two of my top three medium format slr lenses like of all time <laughs> and it, it's it's precisely that quality that 105 2.4 has this 3d look yeah. to it that is just out of this world there's yeah. nothing quite like it you know every time i shoot that on pentax 6.7 i'm just my mind is blown like what did they do to this lens yeah. uh to get it to look this way because it's it's astonishing i've never seen it um, on a on a smaller than six by seven format, so I'm really curious on your thoughts on like <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever shot it on six by seven. 
um, or just um, on no, the I GFX? I actually haven't. I, I have only shot it on the GFX. I would love to shoot it on a Pentax. And because I've so, I, I saw some, of course, I've seen some uh, pictures taken with it, and they are just mind-blowing. Um, I think it does a really, really good job already on the Fuji, but mm. um, I haven't shot it on the 6x7. So yeah, that, that's cool we'll though because uh, <laughs> <laughs> add a Pentax six seven to the list. Co considering the fact that I have a, a speed graphic with me on the island oh, yeah. and uh, a roll film adapter. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, don't, yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa! <laughs> don't worry about the roll film adapter. Just, 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 just shoot it on four by five, and then, and then, uh, and then just crop. Crop, crop, crop away because then you're going to get the whole of the image circle. I mean, that's, I mean that, that it's a legendary lens. We've we've talked about it on many occasions on 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 the show, and it's it's universally loved. Um, but yeah. one of the things that we 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 like about um, old lenses is what it, is is their imperfections, and you don't really get to see many imperfections with with that lens. Um, but if you yeah. put it onto such a, a huge um, film uh is is four by five um it will not reach it I'm, I, well i say it won't I, I doubt very much it will cover four by four by five completely and um, i imagine there'll be a pretty hard vignette around the edges but certainly I'd, I'd love to know what it actually does around the edges because those are the areas which are the least cor least corrected and yeah. you know funky things so there you happen. get usually the swirlies and everything exactly yeah so <laughs> can you uh, just just imagine that you know they uh, probably you'd have to probably ch crop it square um and see if you can actually get that 3d pop and the swirl as well at the same time that that sounds fantastic <laughs> if it does that at least anyway i'm not i'm not sure it's just yeah I mean, but definitely on six by seven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, I did something a similar kind of thing to that with the uh, the Mamiya Press uh, mm -hmm. one hundred two point eight, um, mm -hmm. which and I, I put that onto a well, I actually put it onto a um, an MPP MicroPress, which is a British speed graphic. Um, the, the principles are the same, and it was amazing to look through the ground glass because that that's one of those. It's a bit of a unicorn yeah. lens. And um, yeah. and and it, it's you, you never see them side by side with uh, a Pentax six seven with that um, that one hundred five uh, two point four. But I suspect it would do a pretty similar job. Um, it certainly in terms of sharpness, it's in, incredible at, at, at two point eight. I mean, that, when I've I put it onto the ground glass and then looked through a loop and magnified <laughs> what I was actually yeah. looking at, I was knocked out because I have not seen anything look like that on the ground glass of a of a large format camera before by looking through that particular lens so i i, I think you should do it you should get yourself a, a, a speed graphic in real life and, and adapt it to it and just see what you can do with it yeah who knows yeah maybe get get, get, you, get you back into large format there back yeah. into large format. Right. and you know we, we were talking about the um the focus ring on the Mamiya 81.9 but I mean that yeah Takamar good 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 lord <laughs> you, you can't focus so on anything it's so smooth it's so incredible. smooth yeah. yeah it's uh yeah stunning it's Have such you, a beautiful um, lens it's also small enough I think it, it's really yeah it has it all that's true it's you know for what it is it's not it's not massive I mean it's no. it's designed to go on a massive body um, yeah. but the lens on its own it's kind of it, it's almost like 
um, you know, some of those those Hasselblad lenses where they're, they're like wider at the base and yeah. sort of get thinner as they go up, and it makes the them feel one. yeah, yeah, it makes them feel smaller and a, and a little bit less uh, obtrusive. Yeah. It's got that it's got that vibe to it. Yeah. But I but I wonder with that lens, have you um, have you shot much uh, backlit stuff with it? Because I, I think that lens does like really. It just got this really wonderful way of rendering every single image, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of those in particular that when there's backlighting, I think it does like really beautiful stuff. There are definitely some on my stream on my Instagram. I think I need to check oh, nice. if they're also backlit. But yes, definitely, it's um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's just stunning in that's... in all light conditions. Um, I think that's that's sometimes where the Mamiya has maybe a bit more problems than the Pentax. It's still really good. It's absolutely reliable, but the Pentax just handles it, yeah, easily. Yeah, I I, I know what you mean because th- there have been a couple of situations where I've shot with the eighty one point nine and thought, mm, okay, this this lens is struggling a little bit here, mm-hmm. um, but I but Pentax never with wouldn't. the one hundred five. It's just it's just this thing is no. phenomenal. No matter what you're shooting, yeah. it it just yeah. rocks. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome. So that would be lenses number one and two. Okay, and what's what's our third lens? (laughs) Okay, that's a large format lens. I talked about it also last time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a Hermagis idoscope. Oh, good God! (laughs) (laughs) Adapted (laughs) to fit on a Fuji GFX. What? What on earth? How? <laughs> How? Okay, you've got to explain that that rig there. <laughs> yeah, could you could you get a screenshot of that, uh, Perry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold that up. I, I'll yeah. put it on the put camera. It on the camera yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll put it on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, let me take a screenshot of this one sec. And All right, I'll, I think. Uh, yeah, I was going to say while well, well, Perry's the. Um, uh, doing that could you could you talk us through um on the radio um what each section uh, of that contraption is um from from the from the camera end uh out. From the camera. Um, yeah because we're looking okay. at something that's like a it's, it's, it's military um but it's actually absolutely as you can see it's absolutely i i wave it around now for the guys so they can see it's actually not heavy or anything yeah you can actually handhold this thing wow <laughs> okay so there is a um fuji to pentax 67 adapter first okay then i have a pentax helicoid extension tube ah ah yeah so that's yeah. why the pentax adapter comes in and these guys are really lovely yeah um because that gives me my focusing and the rest is just normal um pentax 67 extension tubes and then there is a few adapter rings um, to bring it to the format um, that fits exactly on the Hermagis idoscope. <laughs> right. So, so what what is the what is the focal length of that lens? Um, I think it's one ninety five millimeter or something like that. It uh, actually doesn't say on the lens. It's just that uh, it's the number four lens. So it's not the shortest focal length, but the second shortest they made. Okay, and, and I think it's around one ninety-five or so. Okay, so, uh, so I don't think we. I mean, when you've named that lens, you, you said it quite quickly. So, what, what just for the our, our listeners there? Could you just give give the it's lens a, its full name? It's a Hermagis or Hermagi 
yeah. whatever they French like, might call it. French lenses. <laughs> Paris Eidoscope 1 to 4.5 number 4 lens. It's um I think it's more than 100 years old. Yeah. So it's an 8x10 lens, right? Hmm, sorry. It's a an it's an 8x10 lens? It's no, it's a um it's a 4x5 lens. Okay. So I've a, seen people use the them bigger, on eight by ten. Yeah, the bigger brothers they are eight by ten, but this mm-hmm. is the this is the one for four by five. Um, so it gives me quite a bit of room to maneuver, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's a lovely lens. Yeah. So what's it's, um, so, so what's a soft focus lens? Ah, okay. I was going to say what 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 are its characteristics? Because this this is definitely not a lens that um, gets <laughs> talked about in day to day conversations. No, no. It's a soft focus lens, and it's um it's really yeah, it's special. And that, there you can actually look at my Instagram feed, the photos that are that are really smooth as a really soft. They are taken with this contraption here. Are they, are they like the um, the drops of water uh, the, on cobwebs and things yeah. like that? Well, are they? Uh, yeah, the drops of water on cob. Uh, the, there is one with a really colourful, also with a drop of water on a branch. I have don't have my Instagram in front of me. No. I don't. just. To be honest, I, I struggle to get past um, some of these anyway because I think they're just absolutely, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Um, but, but you've basically now seen the three lenses um, that took all those images that I've done recently in that project. Yeah. So it's one of them. <laughs> so I, I, I think I think that that is. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much of a difference there is between uh, lens designs on the different Hermagus uh, idoscopes, but. Um, I, I think it's a four-element lens, right? Uh, I think it's a double, what is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a four-element lens, and I think the front and the back, aren't they? The yeah, same? it's a symmetrical. It's a symmetrical, yeah, it's, but it's, it's not... It it's, should be a symmetrical, yeah. Yeah, but it's nothing like a Tessar, so don't worry, Simon. No, no, no. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. I knew the moment he sent me on it in an SS Tessar that that was going to sink. <laughs> it, it's, it, yeah. I got a feeling it sounds like a double acromat. Um, which um, on the, the, the large format uh, photography podcast last time out uh, with my co-host Eric Matthew makes his own lenses um, we had an argument about uh, as to how you actually add up how many elements there are in a lens because he, is, he seems to be the opinion if you cement two, uh, two lenses together uh, two elements together it becomes one which it sort of does <laughs> yeah. but I don't think you count it that way so, no. uh, I, so I, think I don't might... think they're cemented um, I think let me check I can't really see it or oh, you won't be able to tell by just looking through it no, That's the, I'm uh... just, I'm just, no I'll just screw the things yeah. apart <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure it's a symmetric yeah. but um, not sure it's acrobatic yeah. but anyway it's lovely it, yeah. it has it is smooth it is a soft focus lens but it's not over the top soft also it's not like a Wollensack Virito or a um, what are some of these first uh, those very first ones soft focus lenses they were basically meniscus types and completely uncorrected what the Hermagus does beautifully the idoscope is it has actually a sharp layer 
So you have a sharp, there is a sharp layer underneath and you have that softness from the light around it. And okay. I think, no, I've, I've not seen, I've not come across another lens that does it the same way. Um, I think the, um, no, no, even that one not. No, I think it's, um, I like it. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. unique. Yeah, I mean, it's got that, that it's got that glow, but not in yeah. the sort of in, in in your face takes over the whole image way that something like the lights thumbbar does. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and and it, I mean, this is a, it's it's such a cool lens. I've only I've only seen it shot on film. Uh, I don't think I've ever. I'm gonna check you know stalk your Instagram and see which images are shot with this. I don't think I've ever seen a lens like this shot on digital. Um, just because most people yeah. who own them are shooting them on large format. Uh, so how are you finding that's that? How, <laughs> how are you finding that that's translating um, to to the digital sensor? Like, is are you noticing actually, a, a significant difference in the the look, or um, obviously you're cropping down to the center of the image? But yeah, I think that's the only thing. But that's also the the Hamagus is the idoscope is not like a aeroector where you really have a difference between the center and the frame and the the parts around so depending on how much you crop out of it you lose some of the the beauty of the lens you don't have that with the soft focus lens so um mm. i i was surprised i thought it would render less beautifully on the digital and it would lose some of that special quality but it actually doesn't um, so, so I'm, I was really surprised when I when I got it finished here, my little um, Frankencam, <laughs> Franken lens. <laughs> yeah. So when um, when we last had you on, we talked about this lens, and you definitely yes. had it at that time. Uh, the other two, did you did you have them before, or did you get them specifically for the uh, GFX? I got them specifically for the GFX. I think I had them. I had just got them at that point when we did the podcast, the first one. Mm. But I hadn't uh, hadn't really used them that much yet. That only happened afterwards, and um, then they quickly became my favorite ones. But this one has been a favorite from the first time. I actually used that when I had my speech graphic. I used that on the speed graphic first, uh -huh. um, and um, yeah, and I loved it so much that. All my by buying and selling um, excursions, it survived them all. It it just yeah. stayed with me, <laughs> and I so I had to find a way to adapt it to the Fuji and see how it works, and it works beautifully. And now we're doing something really special. Um, I have a friend on uh, a Twitter. I think uh, maybe I don't know if you both know him, uh, Dan K. Yeah, yeah, and he he oh, yeah, just. Yeah. He just um, made me a um, front standard with a tilt that I can mount. I have an Arca Swiss rail. So I'm skipping all that party in the middle, um, exchange it with a handmade bellows that he made for me, and then put his front standard and the camera on an Arca rail and then use it with tilt. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you need a tripod to to do that, though, right? Nope. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I can handhold it. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. That's cool. I mean, you could you you could also uh, you could have your your camera on continuous, couldn't you, as well? And uh, so yeah. that yeah, if if there's 
a little bit of movement to that. Shot, can, there is one. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, it I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's uh, because the Arca rail is so so lightweight, and then um, I have the, these things that slide on, on across it, and um, the rest is the, the front standard will be 3D printed. It's on its way to me, so I'm waiting eagerly to t- do the first test with it. Um, so it will be, it will not be heavy. And then the bellows gets rid of the of all the heavy stuff that I have at the moment in between. Yeah. So it shouldn't be heavier than than what I have now. Yeah. And it gives me the possibility to tilt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that that was one of the things from uh, the last episode where. Um, we we talked quite a bit about some of the images that you made with the with yeah. the Hasselblad flex body, yeah. And uh, so so you basically you're em- emulating that, aren't you? Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So well, that's that's exactly. going to be exciting. That is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So I- Isabel, on your Instagram page, around yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, let me just. Go to it, my in- oh can I just actually no I probably shouldn't stop this video here. Posted yeah. around uh, <laughs> seven weeks on March second. There's this <laughs> one. There's this one picture that's like. Uh, it's kind of some some dead <laughs> dead or dying plants in this sort of <laughs> browny light brownish slightly reddy. Uh, image with a bunch of bubbles, um, kind of yes. bokeh-like bubbles in front. Yes, that one uh, with the idoscope. <laughs> okay, because I was going to ask, what is go- a, what is going on with this picture? And B, is that shot with the Hermagus idoscope? You've answered yes, my is. second question already. Yes, it is. So let me just, I'll open my Twitter now. And then I can actually tell you which ones are shot with the idoscope. So um, when you look at the grid, there are yeah. the ones where where um, Simon got stuck with a with a cobweb and the um, the uh, water drops. Then come yeah. some snow images in the next, yeah. um, and then one below. Those three are all taken with a Hermagus idoscope. The ones yeah. with the water droplet on the fir tree and on the branches. Those are Hermagus idoscope shots. Yeah, you can tell. You you can absolutely tell. Um, that's that's cool. And then the, and then the, but I mean, the one yeah. with the bubbles that you picked, that you found out, and also both of them next to it. So all mm-hmm. these three are also done with the Hamagus idoscope. So so for that that one with the bubbles in the middle, what's yes. what's going on with those bubbles at the front? <laughs> <laughs> it looks it looks it looks like it's underwater. Well, uh, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's but just water I, drops. It's water droplets. So, so are there le- are there like branches that are very close to the lens and yep. just ah okay 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 <laughs> okay that makes sense. It's shot through some uh, grass with water drops on, and but, um, that was against the light. So I got these uh, beautiful bubbles. And and those little specks of light in the yeah. background. Those, those is are that water just drops. that's just natural light like refracting through water drops. Yes, it is. Oh, that's cool. That, that's that's really cool. Those look like, look like fireflies. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I so, guess that's one of I the. I guess that makes obvious. Yeah, why I why I keep that lens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and it also makes sense why you're shooting that on digital, because yeah. like, 
for that kind of thing, you really got to get the exact angle of where you're putting the camera uh, right. And, you know, presumably the plants are moving a little bit. So you got to try that multiple times. Yeah, it was actually not that bad um, because you can so nicely focus that one also with a with a um, focus peaking. Mm. I don't need that many shots as I expected. I was also thinking I would need a lot more because on film I definitely needed a lot more, uh, mm-hmm. which made film quite expensive. Um, but um, it actually works really. It, it works beautifully on digital, just because of the focus peaking, and because mm-hmm. of the um, how the lens is designed. Many of these old soft focus lenses have the problem that you have to um, stop them down to focus them, and then you might get a focus shift when you get right. back to to your softest, and it it never really looks right. You don't have that with the with the idoscope. You actually ha- because you have a sharp image underneath, you can actually focus it. It's mm. um, it works nice. <laughs> it, it's also, I like it. Yeah, it's it's also an an excellent example of. Um, a photograph where people Oops. might might say there's 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 nothing nothing to photograph where I am or, or whatever because the the, <laughs> yeah. the 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 plants that we're looking at here I mean I recognise the, the, these plants they're like wild things um, and they're not particularly attractive I mean no and, yes. and it's in the winter so there isn't anything in on those Ex- there's no Ex- flowers nothing exactly but you went out there at the right time there was uh, you know water droplets all over over the place you 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 shot into the light and you made something out of you know i mean what you're looking at there was not there it was but it's it's a vision that could only be created by using you know a very specific lens exactly you couldn't do that without the lens it's the lens that does this image yeah and you have to find the right images for that lens yeah to make it shine Otherwise, it's um, yeah, it's just a lens. You can also, I've also shot it on the beach, and I got some really lovely pictures. And now I need to check if I actually have one of them, also on my Instagram. But I don't think I have. No, I think I have them only on my Facebook, yeah. um, where the ocean then gets really also in also into the light, um, sunset on the beach, and you get a real shimmer across the ocean yeah. from that. So. Um, and when you the, the the other nice thing is when you stop it down, it gets it, it's just a regular landscape lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fully sharp. There it, uh, because of the of the um, construction, it loses its softness when you step it uh, stop it down. So um, and th- then it's just uh, you can use it for everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's really nice. I, I like think, it. That's number three. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that it's 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 a it's a great demonstration of of how uh, a lens could drive your photography um, yeah. because you understood what that lens would do and then that enabled you then or encouraged you to seek out circumstances where you could actually make something special because of the lens that you've got yeah yeah yeah, yeah and and you know two other quick things about that lens um it, it strikes me that the, the the sort of layer of sharpness that you talk about underneath the soft focus uh is really a noticeable thing because again, my mind drifts to the light fan bar, which which I don't really like. Um, <laughs> you can't tell that, <laughs> but because that looks like the effect of smearing Vaseline on a filter. Yes, um, exactly. But this, but this doesn't look like that because no. the the it it's it's almost like there's an overlay of the image that's slightly out of focus on top of 
you know, yeah. a, a normally sharp. And, and that's, that's, you know, a, a kind of signature look of, the, of this, this sort of lens. Yeah. It, uh, if, if Johnny was with us now, um, <laughs> must have been about 10 minutes ago, he would, have, he would have used the phrase sharp, not sharp. <laughs> yeah, sharp but not sharp. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second thing is um, I noticed that the, the version that you have is black. Yeah, uh, and um, I don't know if that's you, that's something about the number four, but I've seen these lenses in like black and chrome, and I don't know if you know if there's a difference. Not chrome, uh, sorry, brass, actually, uh, brass. Brass, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually don't know, but I I know there's also you have the original ones from Amagis, and then there comes the later ones. They are from oh, what's the name? Another French one. They were bought. Um, so they are. Bertio, Amagis Bertio. Uh, I don't know uh, if they Storm. changed something. Uh-huh. Son Bertio, yeah. Yeah, Son um, Bertio, yeah. I don't know if that is part of the difference, but I don't know. I only had the black one, and I only had it in the number four one. Um, mm. So I don't know if there is a difference. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that's cool. Just as a random aside, Simon, we, one day we have to do <laughs> we have to do an episode on Son Bertio lenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and the well, nice thing then about the speed graphic that I also have with me on the island, I can already shoot that with the Hermagis and have all the tilt that I want exactly. and can shoot it on four in its native 4x5. So that's why I chose the speed graphic. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then finally, um, there's going to be a lens that you can bring with you. Yeah. And you don't own this lens. It's a lens that you really, really want to bring with you. Um, so. Yeah. What would that be? And that was it. I I couldn't make up my mind. (laughs) I I really couldn't. (laughs) That was the most tricky question. Um, I would love to try a Pinkerman Smith soft focus lens. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Okay. Pinkerman Smith soft focus lens. Okay. Okay. um, Let's let's pretend we know what that is. <laughs> you can Google it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that stumped uh, us. Tell, tell us about a Pinkerman Smith lens. Yeah, they are they are also very old vintage soft focus lenses, and they have a very special quality to them. They have uh, uh, they have a level of softness. Um, I actually think the Cook PSE nine four five that was based on a Pinkerman Smith design when they when they read it that that um, that new lens. Yeah. when they came out I think the original one was uh, Pinkerman Smith I don't know if it was the visual or the synthetic they, they had different versions on the Pinkerman Smith but um, then I decided that there is actually a Pinkerman Smith cine lens a oh 70 God. something millimeter <laughs> <laughs> and that got me then thinking that um, I definitely would love to try a real cine lens Maybe that Pinkerman Smith, maybe another one. Um, I'm not that familiar with all the Cine lenses. I, I've seen a few really nice examples, but I would mm. love to have a Cine lens with me. Maybe mm-hmm. a really, really special, really film one. Um, so that that would be, yeah, th- that would be something for me to take as a special one. <laughs> so, so- and there I'm open for suggestions. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, good. Well, well, Perry's been googling furiously. I can, I can see this. 
So well, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm reading the Cook Optics website about the PS945, which um, is uh, wait you, Isabel, did you used to have one of these yeah. Cook lenses? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, the, it was originally based on a uh, Pinkham and Swift Smith soft focus lens, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm just seriously googling because I don't know anything about these, but I love <laughs> cine lenses. Like I'm completely obsessed with cine lenses right now, and um, yeah. oh, okay. And so, there yeah, so there's, there's soft focus. Mm-hmm. There on. is a Pinkham and Smith really beautiful cine lens uh, where I've, I've just seen pictures, and it's a very small one. But uh, that would be that would be like a first go to before I find out what else there is. <laughs> now, the thing is, I when we, we were chatting about coming on the show, and you, I was trying to like second guess what you you bring with you. Um, yeah, and I've got them all wrong. And uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the 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 lens that I was expecting you to bring was going to be the uh, the 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 Cook uh, PS nine four five. Yeah. Um, no, I don't own that anymore. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that left me already. So, is but it... um, actually, I would not have brought it. I would probably. It's it's a beautiful lens. But if I could have the original ones, I would love to try the original ones, where it's based on. Yeah, that's really cool. So. Well, um, so I'm I'm just I'm just looking randomly here. Um, and just for some context, there is a there's some dude on some cinematography forum uh, looking to buy four lenses, and the ones he's requested are a Pinkham and Smith Series Seven two inch f three, a Cook Anastigmat fifty one point seven, a Hugo Meyer Plasmat ninety one point five, and a uh, Dalmeyer Super Six uh, yeah. Astigmat. So yeah. Yeah, we're, we're talking that kind of family of lens, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> mm, that's that's very cool. We are talking, and, and so, do you know what the specific one you're you're looking um, at the, in terms of the the cinema lenses? Um, that's always the problem when I start with something like that and get my eyes onto something. I, I first want to have everything and try them all. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. I really know the specifics and, and how I would shoot them. Because pictures that you see on the internet, they only tell you how that photographer shot it. Absolutely. So you, you find pictures from the idoscope uh, that are completely different from my pictures that I take with the idoscope, just because mm-hmm. we, we see things differently. So I would love to just maybe next time the SSC sinks right next to the desert island and there is a big basket or whatever coming ashore with lots of cine lenses on that I can try. <laughs> yeah. I mean but, there's gonna be there's gonna be a fairly limited selection of cine lenses that will cover the GFX sensor as well. Yeah. Um but that that would be cool. Yeah. Nice. So so your <laughs> your your thought process, like just the the, the trail of gas here. Um, (laughs) is it is it based is it based on you know having shot the cook lens and then wanting to try like the original flavor or did something Um, else sort of draw you towards this um this manufacturer yeah probably kind of yes um it it started with uh with uh, looking at my soft focus lenses and then taking it from there and then looking at some of the qualities that cine lenses have 
Of course, definitely that 3D effect, which I also have with the Pentax. So, so things are coming together from that perspective. So you have this 3D effect. You have usually a beautiful background out of focus mm. areas. Um, I was looking at uh, something on Netflix yesterday, and I was, I was just mesmerized by the background bubbles, but in a non-obtrusive way. So it's not this, um, yeah, when you when you look at some of the lenses that you have nowadays, the, they are over the top, I think. I, I like the, that the Cine ones, they keep it, they keep it reduced. They keep mm -hmm. it simplified in a way. So they're yes. not going bubbles everywhere. I'm, I'm not a bubble everywhere type. I'm, I'm a strategic bubble type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, and then of course, um, color rendering, I think of Cine lenses is just out of this world. Yeah. I mean, so, the, the, I'm, I'm completely obsessed with Cine lenses. And the thing that really drives me to them is, um, a lot of the things you talk about, how they're a little bit muted. They're, they're, you know, typically in their contrast profile, it's a little yeah. bit lower contrast, which I adore. Um, yeah. And so colors in particular are very smooth. Uh, and then when you get them, you know, you have to think very carefully about the kind of lighting you're using with them, especially in color, because they're the kinds of lenses that if you, if you give them the right scene to shoot, they are just mind-blowingly beautiful. But if you try yeah. to use them the way you would, you know, shoot stuff on your phone, it's just like, why? Um, yeah. w why would you do this? So I, I think a lot of them, when you have lighting that is like, especially lighting that's an unusual color or a mix of like warm and cool light um, or just where the light itself is a source of coloration in the image rather than yeah. like just purely the subject, then they really shine. Yeah, um, it's like with the, with the idoscope, it, you have to have the right conditions for that lens. But if you have the right conditions for that lens, then you just, yeah, you can't top it. Yeah. And, and you know it when you see it. And, and, then, and then you're always just like, what is that? Because the other day, uh, I, I went to a cinema for the first time in over a year. Um, and the only movie that was sort of showing that was worth watching was Mortal Kombat. So we went, <laughs> it, was, it was my girlfriend's idea. She dragged oh. me to go watch Mortal Kombat. So I was like, all right, uh, that's weird. But I mean, um, the movie is, is nondescript, but the opening scene is gorgeous. And I spent the entire opening scene going like, yo, I need to know what that <laughs> lens is. Like, it's, it's obviously an anamorphic lens. It's obviously well, some yeah. really, really nice cinema lens. But I need to know, like, I must know what that is. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. And, and what I also like about the cine lenses is how they, how they render things uh, in the dark. As a, when you when you have really uh, dark mm. environments, so night scenes or whatsoever, um, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, of course that also depends on the camera behind it. Uh, but still, th there is something about that lens to, that bring out these color contrasts. And um, so, yeah, scene lens. Yeah, I, I would imagine the, some of the larger format, um, like Cook Cine lenses, would look very yeah. very cool on a yeah. GFX sensor as well. I think so too. They just wouldn't look very, very cool on my pocket. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If you have a better you have idea, a cinematic Harry. ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not really ending the podcast just yet. It's, uh, I just need to somehow get this onto, um, onto uh, shout outs and uh, coffee donations and thank yous and stuff like that. So, uh, mm -hmm. um, you don't, you don't, you don't need an elegant segue. 
No, I don't, and it's not going to be, is it? So uh, <laughs> just say it like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, ex- exactly. So, 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 listeners, you just we're trying to work out a a segue from where we, where we just were because um, we we seamlessly cut this this podcast, so you don't actually know uh, where where we've stopped. Well, we've just had a ten minute conversation, and then we just had a. Um, several minutes of trying to work out how, how do, what we were talking about. How do we actually get back into this podcast? And uh, we decided, well, let's just do it like this, which is what we're doing now. Um, so uh, we've we've gone through uh, Isabel's Desert Island lenses and a really really interesting uh, collection of lenses that you've, uh, you've you've put in front of us. And it's it's great when somebody comes onto the show and names a lens or two um, that we just never heard of and you just see perry immediately heading off to google thinking what's that what's that what does it do can i afford it and do i want it um and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so um yeah great great choice of lenses isabel thank you <laughs> i enjoy using them <laughs> yes yes that, that absolutely um okay so what we're going to do now uh, we're going to start wind things down and the first thing i want to do is to run through those people that have donated to us since the last time that we were on uh, via coffee.com and i can't remember again uh, when how far back we actually said thank you last time so i'm going to go back quite a fair way and uh, just to make sure i think i'm going to cover people so uh uh where should we go um 12th of march let's just pick that out um and that was uh sirot setter i think i hope um on the 12th of march says can't wait until the next one was it was quite a while uh sorry about that um <laughs> and then we had hong lee uh mike epstein gary florjak and then christopher j may uh says here's a here's a coffee toast to to the beauty of sonar lens renderings uh thank you very very much uh and uh then jeff jeff wagner uh, that's jeff the rod wagner um rock on uh, he says there thank you very much jeff um <clears throat> and then we have a, another name that i can't pronounce and it looks like anonimo 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 uh and <laughs> and then it gets harder <laughs> Um, I don't think that's his real name. Yeah, well, I think it might be someone who wants to stay anonymous. You would think that, but then then there is but probably not. Yeah, well, there there is a surname that goes with this, and that's um, unless this is a bad word in another language, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can't pronounce it anyway. But it's spelled S V I Z Z E R O or Z Z V Zero. I don't know, something like that. Um, and he and he says or she says. Uh, thank you for pointing me uh, to a couple of lenses I really love. Uh, the the Coral 4.5 1.5 and the Canon 50mm 1.2 LTM. Um, oh, I'd just rather there's more on this. I'd, I'd have to click the on it. Co- the Coral? Like the Iris? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Do we talk, do we ever talk about the that yeah, lens? Yeah, we, we, we did, actually. I think you did, actually. We, we talked about it. It wasn't that long ago as well. Oh, I think it might have been. Was it with with uh, Mike Novak? Could have been. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Sounds like the kind of thing we might have talked about with with Mike. So uh, yeah, I think I think we have mentioned Iris Coral lenses. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then uh, he says, uh, "I I do not always agree with your views, uh, but always look forward to the next episode." Well, there you go. <laughs> we we don't agree with each other, so I don't see why you would agree with us all as well. So uh, um, and then uh, Hong Lee again is uh, back um, and says, uh, "Ooh." And again, I need to click on this so I can see the full text. 
Come on, there we go. Um, thanks for another fun podcast um, and for answering one of life's deepest mysteries. Um, what um, what would James what would James Joyce, Marcel Proust, and Kevin Kevin Smith have made of of have been made of? Oh dear, I, I really should get somebody else to read this every week, shouldn't we? Uh, would have made of they were Uber camera lens nerds. I'm not sure if I've read that right or whether that's just how it is. But anyway, um, Bong Joon Ho uh, would envy uh, would would envy envy how you switch from Ulysses to to Clark's to Lyle. Oh dear, he's gone into French. Hong, I can't I can't keep up with you. Um, so, but but thank you very much for, for what you've just written. Wait, did did, wait, wait, did I did I miss something during one of our, our podcasts? Why do we have two? Why do we have James Joyce and Ulysses? I'm. But, Back to back? Did we talk? Do we talk about Finnegan's Wake or something? What's what's going on here? Um, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we didn't. But we we have obviously referenced some of these. It's going to be Johnny, of course, as well. I mean, Johnny's obviously said something that then he slipped something into a conversation that just went over my head, uh, possibly yours, and Hong caught it and grasped it and threw it. Back well, I, I would I, I would assume that between the three of us, he would not be James Joyce. That would be that would clearly be you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i don't know um anyway um nigel cliff um a good show guys uh even though i was losing the will to live over johnny's rationale for having two likers um and it anyhow um i'm now a poor a poor pensioner um i'm never going to never going to have one let alone two. Oh, you can you can just sell some of your um your chin on lenses and uh, you'll be able to afford. You've got enough on to afford a like a three C or something <laughs> like that. So uh, um, then we got uh, Anthony Fragosi says cheers. Then Brian Woolworth and then a coffee supporter. So thank you very much. And I think we've caught up now. Um, now then, let's do shout outs. So Perry, have you got any shout outs? Um, I don't have any shout outs, but I, I do think. You know, listeners often complain when you cut out or censor bits that they miss. Uh, and uh, I just want to flag to our listeners that the part that Simon is going to cut out during our aside, uh, we were talking about cine lenses. Uh, and we were all ta- also talking about um, how Isabel's choices of medium format lenses are, in my opinion, two of my three top three SLR medium format lenses uh, of all time so that's cool i got and the perry just, approval yeah they're, they're so good and just just for the record because uh, i know i know nick lyle will appreciate this the third one is the uh the nikkor 75 2.8 made for the bronica s mount just throwing out throwing that out there for a little bit of gas inducement okay um so uh isabel have you got any shout outs no not really Okay. Okay. Well, I've I've got uh, two two shout outs I, I wish to cover, both of which are uh, people have contacted us. Um, the first one, uh, Bob Matter, uh, got in touch with us back at the start of the month, um, asking me to mention uh, an upcoming exhibition in Chicago uh, of Vivian Meyer's colour work, opening on May the eighth uh, this year, and um, and it is at the Chicago History Museum, not 
the Art Institute, Institute of Chicago, which I assume those two things get mixed up. So um, there is a collection of Vivian Myers work started on the 8th of May, and that is at the Chicago History Museum. So uh, I'm sure Johnny will be heading over to that one as well. And the other thing I want to mention is the Boop Boop Trigger, which everybody knows about. You know what the Boop Boop Trigger is? What? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Well, the boop 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 trigger is Oh, a, I do know what this is. Yes. Yes, it's a, it's an exciting new product um from the uh, the man that brings us lots of exciting names and calls things a mongoose and uh, among, amongst other things. And that's Ethan Moses of Camerodactyl um having um made an automated uh scanning uh was it it's like a film film transport that's what it is that uh, connects to your uh, dslr or whatever it is your mirrorless camera and you can scan camera scan a huge number of uh, 35 millimeter images in an incredibly short period of time it's turned his attention uh, to scanning mounted slides 35 millimeter mounted slides and the boop boop trigger uh, works on a similar kind of principle to the uh, to, to the mongoose that uh, it's a semi-automated uh, method and what you're actually doing you're actually connecting it uh, your your camera to a um, slide project a slide projector which hopefully has got a a remote control that will move uh, the image from one the, the slide from one slide to the next and as it moves it along it then the, the, you know you might the slide is mounted in the uh in the projector as normal i think actually without the lens on i think that's the way it works i'm not too sure um and as you as it sends the uh the slide across it then will automatically trigger the camera and once you've actually set up the the exposure it will then take a photograph of it and then you click again and it moves on to the next photograph so if you're one of these people with hundreds of mounted slides and you want to digitize them then the boop boop trigger is quite possibly the, uh, your dream come true uh, because sli- mount- digitizing mounted slides is an absolute pain if you've got a huge number of them. So, uh, so there you go. So that's uh, two things. So there was another thing that um, I don't know if we have time for, but uh, I was chatting with uh, Graham from the Sunday Sixteen podcast, and he's they over over on that podcast they do something called the Cheap Shots Challenge, uh, where they they spend a huge amount of time talking about photographs on a podcast, um, and we've done a bit of that today, uh, but <laughs> they can make a whole show of it. Um, and um, he's the the idea about that is you take photographs uh, with um, a cheap camera, and you and it's just to show showcase what you can do with a very cheap camera. And uh, he's been using a, a bridge camera, an Olympus bridge camera. I think it's an IS one thousand, uh, horrible thing, uh, but pretty oops, very versatile as well. Um, sorry about the stranglers coming into us there. Um, and uh, and he's after he's after. Um, ideas on what he can actually uh, replace us with. So, um, I'm, Perry, have you got a an idea there of a really cheap camera, say under under thirty dollars, and um, that would be a good choice for for Graham? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what that camera is. Is that a digital camera? No, no, no. It's a film. It's a Sony sixteen podcast. It's an analog podcast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you said a. You said a, a. It's an Olympus Bridge camera. 
they had film bridge cameras. They existed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's scary. Yeah. He wants to replace it. With something else. With. It, yeah. But it's got to be something that's versatile. Yeah. So, I mean, that in theory, a bridge camera is incredibly versatile. But, you know, they've got very slow lenses on them. Well, I was going to say, why is it's versatile? Because it has a bad zoom lens on it. Well, it's got a, well the fact is, the fact it's got a zoom <laughs> In fact, it's got a zoom lens and the flash built into it makes it makes it pretty versatile, <laughs> doesn't it? That's probably <laughs> Well, I'm there you the... go. You've got the wrong crowd here to make recommendations on that. <laughs> That's I haven't, right. I haven't used a single bridge camera in my life. <laughs> no. <laughs> I well, I I used to have a digi- I used I to have remember. a digital bridge camera. I, I quite liked it. I, it was an Olympus as well as well. It was a, a C eight oh eight oh wide zoom. Okay. It was, it was a, it I was... used um, point and shoot digital point and shoot ones. Yes, yeah. but the bridge camera. I... Yeah, we don't. Seems yeah. I'm a... yeah. You don't. <laughs> by the way, he's not looking for another bridge camera. I don't think. Um, but okay, uh, then then my recommendation to him is anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I yep. think that's a that's that's a good recommendation there, Is, Isabel. Have you got any, a a quick thought of a a reasonably versatile but seriously cheap camera that uh, that Graham could go with? No, I don't think so. But anything else, probably too. Yeah. Oh, and I would suggest flea market. Yeah, yeah. Just just go out there and just pick something up that like the look of that fits fits it. I think that's yep. that's. Yeah, I think I think that's one of those things. If you actually go around looking for the, for the camera that you actually want that's been recommended to you, chances are it's going to be too expensive, um, or you just oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I mean, I've known about this question for a week, and I don't I don't actually know what I'd actually recommend. Um, first thing that's just come into my head is perhaps like an Olympus Trip. Maybe that that might be an interesting camera. You can, although they've gone up in price lately. If you go onto eBay mm-hmm. trying to find Olympus Trip, it probably is now too expensive. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah. So that there's some hopeless advice for Graham. Um, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think he's going to be doing a show on this on on his um, on their other podcast feed, the uh, the Sunday Sixteen Presents, uh, where you can also hear um, a really good show uh, uh, on there that comes out every two weeks, and that's I Dream of Cameras uh, with Jeff Greenstein and Gabe Sachs. So, uh, which I listen to every time that comes out, because it's really good. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So that that's they they my shout out and um, and caring the community for Graham as well. Um, so, uh, what else do we do? Um, yeah, I know. Let's go back to Isabel. And uh, so, Isabel, if people wish to see your work, we've mentioned uh, Instagram, but we can mention it again. And then any other places where they can find the things that you do. I think at the moment I'm uh, otherwise posting on Facebook quite a bit, and um, then it would be my my homepage, my website. That's the that's probably the easiest one. Though I have to get the latest project up there. Yeah, that's not up there yet, but yeah. um, I'll do that hopefully next week. Yeah, we'll do. So, um, and they all Isabel quarters, so uh, easy to find everywhere. That's it. <laughs> And that, once you get the spelling right ex- ex- exactly exactly and and yeah do do head over to instagram which is absolutely fantastic that 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 feed on there um so perry uh how, how can people keep up with the things that you do 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Flickr at Perry G. Uh, I'm still working through a role that is taking me an absurdly long time uh, to get through. And so I still don't have anything to post. But uh, when, when, when I do, you'll see it on Instagram. Okay. And uh, we have an email address, don't we, Perry? And what's our email address? Oh, God. Right. Johnny's not here. I have to remember all these things. Uh, it's classiclensespodcast at gmail.com. Well done. Well done. And uh, who are our Instagram friends? Oh, uh, Best Vintage Lens. Check out the uh, account and hashtag where they feature uh, daily sweet shots taken with vintage lenses. And, you know, if you follow them regularly, you'll notice that over the past few months uh, in lockdown, they have evolved from the steady stream of uh flowers and bokeh shots to uh uh more you know there, there's a lot more large format there's a lot more street photography there's still flower shots with bokeh but uh and you can take uh, them with large format <laughs> yeah yeah as Just we've saying. seen so there's um there's some cool diversity on there and uh the, the kind of selection of lenses is is in my opinion getting sexier and sexier it is Def- definitely and we ha- we have a facebook group um which is uh uh classic lenses podcast that is our facebook group and uh isabel's just um give us a picture of uh of her, of her dog um a live live feed of her dog and a lovely dog it is too um and uh you'll be more than welcome to join us in that facebook group isabel um so uh yeah. it'd be great great if you do and share, share some of the pictures that and uh some of the some of your lenses and uh people will be drooling over, over those um <laughs> Okay, so, um, and let's, uh, uh, Johnny couldn't be with us today, but uh, Johnny, I was going to, well, it can be found in our Facebook group, uh, Being Grumpy, um, is, uh, I think, is he, is he unbanned as, uh, as Johnny Sisson at the moment? Is he, is he back? I'm not sure. Is he's on the latest band? I don't know. I think yeah. he's still banned. And so you will find him under a pseudonym, which uh, may be difficult to spot, but if you look hard enough, you'll, you'll be able to figure out. Which yes. one is which one is he? That, that that that's right. And he was, it was he was banned for for making an ironic ironic comment against a racist. And because he actually said something in that, there was a complete and utter irony against what this guy stood for. He got banned for it, which is you know a a a, a wonderful uh, uh, Facebook algorithm where work, working against oh, common sense. Yeah, we, we had we had we had a really fun moment uh, in our Facebook moderation. Um, where I think uh, one of Jason Lane's comments got um, flagged for moderation as racist uh, when he was just mentioning a Soviet lens. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, uh, Facebook was like, this is anti-Russian racism. Yeah. got to tweak that algorithm a little bit because that was weird. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so uh, for me, uh, I'm on Twitter as Simon4. I'm on instagram is simon forster photographic and if you stick co.uk after simon forster photographic you will find my website uh with lots and lots and lots and more uh lens caps um loads of them i just keep on bringing these lens caps out so uh, <laughs> head over there and you can have lens caps in all different colors um and if you want a lens cap to go over some over the front of a lens and it's a funny size and you can't get a lens cap get in touch i can help you out with that as long as you can give me a, a really good accurate measurement um so uh so that's it isabel it's been a pleasure again having you with us it was a pleasure again to be with you guys yeah oh, it's, it's it's been awesome. great so uh <laughs> with with that um i hope you've enjoyed this week's show we will be back 
I don't know, maybe in two weeks, maybe more, maybe less, who knows? But whatever happens, if you can, be like Carl.